Create, connect, communicate. Create, connect, communicate. Magical, enigmatical, gift of gab, super, agile, story from the space Come well lit. Forty-five minutes. Oh, really? Oh, damn. Okay, forty-five minutes. That's not too bad. Hour, an hour and forty-five. Oh, minutes. hour and forty-five. Yeah. That's not bad at all. I was gonna say forty-five minutes. That's really high speed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hour and forty-five minutes at least. But it's better than driving. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. Um, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. We are here in the Space Lab, Taipei, with a very special guest. Mr. Lester Prosper. How are you doing? How are you, you doing? doing? How are you doing, Lester? Oh, good. Always good. Lester, uh, you are here in Taiwan playing on the TSG Ghost Hawks. Ghost Hawks. Yeah, yeah. In the city of uh, Tainan. Yep, yep. And uh, I think you had a game recently, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a game. Yeah. How was that? Uh, not good. Yeah. Not good. Not good. <laughs> the, the season is done. For me, yeah. I think the uh, the team needs a little work, right? You know, every, everybody have improvements to make. You know, everybody have a little bit of improvements to make. So yeah, that's just life. Yep. I was looking. I think uh, your Wikipedia is really interesting. Okay. The Dominican-born Indonesian professional basketball player playing for the Tainan TSG Ghost Hawks of the T1 League. Yeah, yeah. People look at you, they might not assume that you're an Indonesian professional basketball player. I, I believe you have a citizenship in Indonesia, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Can you tell a little bit about that, how that came to be? Yeah, basically, um, you know, uh, I, I received the call. They saw how I played in the Philippines. You know, I received the call from the, the coaching staff, you know, and the organization. They are very, they are very interested. Well, I should say were very interested in, um, Signing me, so we just made it happen. You know, we went over the details, and you know, it sounded good to me. It says professional career. Prosper played in twelve countries before suiting up for Colombia and the Philippine Basketball Association. Um, so basically, you've been to, uh, you've played in about twelve countries yeah. uh, around the world before coming to Taiwan. Yeah, I think Taiwan is now my thirteenth. So I also love to travel. I've been around the world. We were discussing earlier, but I, I think you've uh, you've seen a lot more of the world than I have. I'm wondering if we could go through your kind of career history. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Take a little bit. Yeah, yeah kind of uh, go through your journey to Taiwan. Mm -hmm. And then if you can tell like uh, a little bit of a story or some kind of memory or even maybe one word, if while, that works while, best. While we go through this, man, a lot of memories, a lot of stories would just pop up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, maybe let's try going backwards. Okay. So 2022, you came to uh, Taiwan. But before that, according to this career history, 2021, you were playing for Halcones de Jalapas. Jalapa. Yes. All right. This was in Mexico. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's my coach, Brian Rawson. He won the ABL championship with the CLS Knights. You know, they called me down there to give them a little helping hand. And, you know, like I said, I, I entertain. I'm an entertainer. And we didn't have such a good season. You know, like I, I came into a situation that 
it's similar to this one. You know, I don't know why I keep coming into these kind of situations, but you know, it's the luck <laughs> of the draw right now. But um, mm-hmm. you know, actually, I, I really love I love the city of Jalapas, even though we could have done better. You know, like when you have all these talented people on one team and chemistry just doesn't happen. That's what it was. Yeah, it's all about you know? that chemistry, right? Yeah, it's similar to what the Lakers have going on. We had a bunch of talent on one team, and I don't want to call it selfish play, but we were just not clicking. It just wasn't a cohesive unit. What do you think is the uh, the most important factor to kind of create that like good chemistry? Is it yeah. the coach? Is it the no, 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 no? It's not the coach. You have to hang out off the court. You know, if you don't hang out off the court, you're not going to have a feel for someone's character. The and camaraderie. Exactly. And it's about also really putting a, a hand out there, trying to get to know someone, getting to know your teammates, sacrificing, uplifting your teammates, holding your teammates accountable so they know who you are, they know your personality, and they don't expect anything less than what, what you're expecting from them. That was Veracruz, Mexico. Beautiful. Beaches? Beaches, yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't go, but... Mm. But I was staying in Jalapas, and Jalapas is more uh, European, um, Spanish kind of city. Oh, nice. You know, so the weather was similar to Taipei, actually. Okay. Before that, 2020, you were uh, playing for the Indonesia Patriots. It's the Indonesian men's basketball team, national Yes, yes. Can you tell us uh, something about that? How was that experience? Oh, it's it's good. It's good. That's um, our preparation. I think we joined the IBL to be able to get ready the FIBA Asia World Cup qualifications. So we were training very, very hard every single day. I think we were training about twice a day, and we were getting ready for um, to face other national team organizations. It was an interesting um, season. You know, we have a lot of work to do on that team, but it's coming along. Okay. Yeah. What about living in Indonesia? Beautiful. Love the country. Are you living in Jakarta? Yes. The capital? Yes. Tell us about Jakarta. What's uh, Lester Prosper's life like in in the big city of Indonesia? It's similar to the way I live here in Taipei. Oh, yeah? When I come down to Taipei, well-dressed, um, elegant, good people, good circle. A lot of um, interesting people, a lot of um, classy people. I have a lot of friends in um, Jakarta, so I'm very, very um, connected there. How much, uh, how much do you get to go outside of uh, Jakarta. Have you traveled around Indonesia? Yeah, uh, yeah. I've gone to Bali. I've gone to Nusa Penida. I've gone to a few of the islands. It's an unbelievable place. Once mm. you get used to it, once you know where to go, how to navigate. It's a huge archipelago, right? I mean, just I a series about, of islands. I think it's about a thousand islands. Oh, wow. Yeah, really? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, I think so. We could Google it. If yeah, I'm wrong. yeah, we'll check that out. I uh, I've only been to a kind of a smaller island, Bintan. Okay, Bintan okay. Bintan yeah. has a nice reputation mm-hmm. for being very interesting islands mm-hmm. out there. Of, of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was quite surprised when I went there, but unfortunately, I haven't been to uh, Jakarta yet. But we have some very good friends there. So yeah, well, now you have a new friend there, so exactly. just just come along. Yeah, nice. Come along. So what would a what would a night out in uh, Jakarta look like with Lester Prosper? <laughs> Are we allowed to talk about that uh, on absolutely, air? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I do the same thing. The thing about me, I'm repetitive. Mm. I do the same thing every time that I go out. I don't do too much. I have an Aperol spritz. If I'm on the off season, I have a cigar and I listen to jazz. I like jazz. I listen to um, classical music. 
you know, um, they're playing all types of different music in Jakarta. It's such a mixture of musicians mm. that are in Jakarta, such a mixture of different cultures that you um you meet, people that you meet from different cultures. So Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. I can't wait for that. Before that, 2019, you played for the San Miguel Beermen, a professional basketball team in the PBA. That Tell was, us about that. That was actually this team is I joined this team because of the East for this East Asia Super League. So that's how me and Alex um hooked up. Yep, that's our boy Alex. Yeah. Y'all be meeting him soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they called up my team, Terra Firma, and they asked, can we use Lester for the East Asia Super League? Because we think that he fits our system. And we actually came, um, I think we came fourth place. We lost to, like, one of the top Chinese teams, which is a great accomplishment. Yeah, you know? right. If people don't know basketball, uh, the Philippines has a very passionate uh, Absolutely. following. It was so many fans in Macau. Yeah, right. Yeah. Alex told me that story. Can you, so can many you tell fans. us about that? What? You know, let me tell you, it was so crazy. It was so professional that while we was in in Macau, I had two security guards. You know, and and you're a pretty big boy. Doesn't you don't really need security? But. I don't need security. But it, it looked it looked good for the gram. It looked good for the gram. I gotta say. So I'm I'm this big black dude walking around with with two Asian security guards, no. and I'm like. Yao Ming? Yao Ming was this your security feel, guard? And- this feels good. This feels good. But I know why they did that. Because the Filipino fans are crazy. Really? I mean, yeah, they're crazy, man. They're passionate. They're loving. That's how it is. Man. And they want to take pictures with you all the time. And it's a lot of them. And you will get bombarded. So these are just Filipino expats. Like in Macau. And when the team comes, they just, they just know about yeah, it. They live there. They live there. They live there. They're working there. The one thing about Filipinos, they're everywhere. Once you become part of that culture, you know, which I'm embedded in that culture. I love yeah. the Filipino Pinoy, culture. Pinoy. Yeah. They are they are everywhere. Mm. Even even in Indonesia. Mm. You know, like just in Tainan, a guy knocked on my um my door that works in the um the office and he was like, Are you Lester are you Lester Prosper? And I'm like, Yeah, who are you? Right. He's like, Apakaba, you play for the you play for the, the national team. Can I please have your autograph? Please don't tell my, my boss that I'm doing this. But I saw you on the national team. I just want to and I'm like, yo, you have you have an Indonesian working in your hotel. They love their basketball. They love it. But you gotta you have to give respect. This San Miguel, right? It's a it's a huge uh, conglomerate in the Philippines and I think they own a His, couple teams, right? Historical Ginebra. historical organization. San Miguel is it's a beer company. We so know we know what goes behind that. Yeah, exactly. What are those? What what is the crowd like in the Philippines? How how does that compare to to Taiwan? Oh, it's night and day. Yeah. <laughs> the only reason uh, the only reason why you don't see a lot of crazy fans right now, it's only because of the pandemic. That's it. They shut it down. But um, now everything is opening up. You're gonna start seeing how crazy the crowd gets. Like the finals they just had. With Hinebra versus, I think, was it Morocco? I no, no, so. it wasn't Morocco. Check that out. Hinebra. Oops. Who did they play? Yeah, Morocco? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah, so yeah. I was right. Okay, nice. Yeah, so they won the championship. I think I remember reading that, uh, yeah, it's actually on your uh, 
on your Wikipedia. He recorded a career-high 45 points in a 123 to 127 loss to the to Hanebra. Hanebra, yeah. Right? So yeah. that was your that was your big game. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. You are a six foot ten, two hundred thirty-three pound sender, and you're throwing down forty-five points. How does this happen? Yeah, well, I'm not Mr. too. Prosper. I'm not two hundred and thirty-three pounds anymore. I, oh yeah, I'm, I'm two fifty. <laughs> oh damn. Yeah, so they got my weight wrong. They got it wrong. Yeah, they you got to update this, Mr. Yeah. Wikipedia. Yeah, but they're doing a pretty good job. Yeah. Whoever whoever did this Wikipedia and, and they know their stuff. So but, what um, happened? You get a little chubby, or or are you just packing on the no, packing on the heat? Chubby? <laughs> no way. I'm all muscle, man. Exactly. Never. Um, probably when I'm sixty, you know, I get a little fat. <laughs> you know. So what was that game like? Scoring forty five points as a center. So basically, um, I was going against the Kobe Bryant of. Um, Philippines, mm. you know, Michael, Michael Jordan of the Philippines, Justin Brownlee. Shout um, out. Yeah, shout out. So I came out there and um, like I tell you, I'm always in these situations. The thing about um, this team, it was not doing well before I got there. They're getting blown out by 50 points, 30 points every game. So I got there, just started training hard, working hard, implementing my kind of um, work ethic. The coaches pushed me. The head coach allowed me to be me. That's number one. He, he allowed me to be my personality. He allowed me to bring that to the team and just go ahead and do what you got to do. And once you have a coach like that, your confidence is through the roof. Confidence is, a, is everything. Once you have confidence, nobody could stop you. If a coach gives you the ultimate green light, mm. that's what my coach did. I'm unstoppable. I start showing everything in the package. You hear that, coaches? You know, <clears throat> so... <clears throat> <laughs> so that's what I that's what I did. Mm. When you see a player go off for forty five points, fifty points, sixty points, let me tell you, his coaches have a big part of that. Mm. You know, plays a big part of that because of the confidence you're instilling in your player, mm. having you, trust. Uh, and yeah, exactly. And a player doesn't have to look over his shoulder like, oh, is he gonna sub me? Because you know, you know what time it is. Uh, me and him was going at it. If if you go on YouTube, you check out the game. Mm. Me and him, we were going shot for shot. Damn. You know, big shot after big shot after big shot. My teammates were hitting big shots. My teammates were looking were looking for me. The thing about it in basketball, when you have teammates that are looking for you and they know he's the biggest man, he's our import, we got to get him the ball. We're not saying that every time you get the ball. Mm -hmm. We're not saying every time. But what we're saying is come down and you look for that man. Because, of course, he's the top. He's the guy that's getting top dollars. Mm hmm Mm -hmm. So the GMs, the the bosses, they're paying top dollars. They want to see this guy go to work. So that's what I'm going to do. Until they double-team me, I'm going to kick out. Right. You have to be smart. So your teammates are going to look for you, and then if, if you're getting double-team or triple-team, you kick it out, and then that's when they get their shots. Or some of them are very creative, and they just they go, which opens up for you also. So they were looking for me that game, man. I had to, I had to, um, they look for me every game, to mm. tell you the truth. Mm. After they know, they know my abilities, they know what I could do, they know my personality. This is what I'm saying. Hanging out with teammates off the court mm. is a super important role. And me and these guys, we were going out, drinking wine, vibing. They were showing me the Filipino culture. They were getting me acclimated to the city. What can I say? I go to battle. That's why I said, even other teams were trying to sign me in the Philippines. And I said, I came out on an interview that went like viral over there. And I said, I will always stay on this team. Whether I got to dig from the dirt to bring them back to a playoffs, you know, I will, I will always stay on this team. So 
you know, shout out to the other organizations in the Philippines, but respectfully, I'm going to stay with Terra Firma Jeep. That's uh, your team. That's my team. Okay. That's okay. my team. And you know what's crazy? Let me tell you how much loyalty these guys had have for me. In the pandemic, they were having the regular, the Filipino season, and they, they texted me, one of the managers texted me, like, if you want to come over here, help develop our bigs while you're not working and be an assistant coach, you can do that. I said, wow. But Indonesia called me. Right. I had to report. But isn't that crazy? Yeah. An organization reached out to you. That's how much loyalty they showed. So, as I said, shout out to Tara Firma G. So, so, I ended up also, I ended up sending a guy that's super talented to play for, because they have three different conferences. 610, 6'5", and the All-Filipino Conference. Mm -hmm. So, I ended up sending a talented player from Miami to go over there and establish himself. And, and that's what he did. You know, he was supposed to go over there about two years ago, but he didn't do that. He had other options, but he, he ended up going, I think this year and he loved it and he did very well. Do you see yourself uh, going back to the Philippines sometime soon? Absolutely. 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 The the conference is about to start again. You know, I'm working all year, man. I'm working man. all year and I have to, I, I'm blessed. Man. You know, I thank God. Every single day. Also, I think myself. So you're just globe trotting. You have these different countries hopping around and and balling. I'm 34 years old, man. You know, six years this is done. Mm. I'm just trying to pack it all in, do what I can, play as hard, win a championship, or just make make a mem 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 no memorable memories, make amazing memories, and that's what it's all about. Sometimes you're not gonna win a championship. But what you have to do is you have to make memories, man. It's about the journey. That's going to last a lifetime. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Huh. All right. So going back into the uh, into memory lane here, we're going back one more year, 2018 to 2019. It says Worcester Wolves. Oh, Worcester Wolves. That's back back home in England. Okay. Tell us about that that it's experience. Exciting. Exciting. Mm. This team, the fan base absolutely exciting they come out they show out they're there every single game i had such a ball in wooster we had a subpar season but i can tell you that it was an, a great experience for me so it's not it's not all about winning right it's not it's, it, it is all about winning you want to win but <laughs> it is it is don't get us wrong don't get us wrong <laughs> don't because if you're not winning you're just gonna be like it's not going to make your experience well. It doesn't feel good, always losing. Yeah, yeah. and you don't want to hang out with your teammates because they start to act like losers. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you feel like you're a loser. They're losers. <laughs> the coaching staffs is, you know, they're losing. The GM's a loser. Yeah. The owner starts feeling like a loser. <laughs> you know, you, exactly. It comes to a point it's like, all right, you know, let's let's wrap this organization up. Right. <laughs> Let's bail. <laughs> yeah. Let's look for some other options. Everybody go home. <laughs> oh, man. So 2017, 2018, one year before, you were in Panama. Oh, Panama was such a great experience. Yeah. What the, was that the like? The people embraced me in Panama. And it was actually the first year of their league. Oh, okay. Oh, first or second. And let me tell you, man. You know, I look Panamanian. You know, Panamanians yeah. look like me. And let me, because I'm Caribbean. Like right. I told you, I was born in Dominica, you know, raised in Montserrat. Mm. So I am You're Carib Caribbean. Yep. I'm a Caribbean yep. man. Yep. And let me tell you, man, Panama, shout out to Panama. Shout out mm. to the LPB. 
in Panama. Mm. It's it's a good league. It's tough. They may not be as established as other leagues, but it's a tough league with a lot of talent. A lot of people um, in that country have a lot of passion. I give my respect to Panama. I give my respect to the LPB. They need to just, they need to have people that come together, put some funds into it, mm. and make it big because they have they have super potential. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Super potential, it's a man. Small country, but it's super, it's hot. super, it's hot. yeah, super potential, <laughs> super potential. There's so much to do in Panama, also, yeah. and also, it's in South America. So you're close to Nicaragua, Venezuela, Colombia. Mm-hmm. You're close to everything that you could get things imported like cigars mm. and you know like it's pretty cool man if if you're into cigars and stuff like that wine mm-hmm. rum it, it's it's amazing it's amazing some cuban you know? cigars yeah. straight across Every, the caribbean everything yeah everything trust me man panama is a beautiful <laughs> beautiful place you know like every other country has a little work to do needs development but let me tell you man the people are amazing in panama and that's that's my experience. Dude. I haven't stepped ground in Panama, but I uh, I, I went through the Panama Canal actually. Okay, on a, okay, okay. On a on a ship, and that was yeah. pretty amazing experience. Of as course, well. of course. Checking out the locks and of course, going of course. through that shipping canal. I've I've I actually went right on the canal. You just walk and you could look. They allowed me to do that. So shout out to Panama. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So 2017, one year back, Gaiteros de Zulia. This is in uh, Venezuela? Venezuela, yeah. Wow, in so, Maracaibo. Yeah. yeah. So, basically, I wasn't staying in Maracaibo. Okay. Because of um, the situation that was happening in Venezuela. Yeah, so, um, little political difficulties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> I was staying in um, Punto Fijo. Punto Fijo. Yeah, which is a city on the beach. This this experience wasn't, you know, it wasn't ideal for me. Okay. I didn't really um, like it. All right, so we'll say that was a not so ideal. Yeah, I would never go back to Gaitero's. Okay, <laughs> never. No. All right. Never at all. Yeah. Never. Okay. I, I don't even want to talk about this team. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Gaitero's. Yeah. Yep. See you later. All right. So 2017. But wait, but wait. Okay. But what I would tell you is the people of Venezuela, pretty amazing. But what's going on there right now? You know, I don't want to talk about the political situation too much, but mm. I fed a lot of kids. In Venezuela, Man. I fed a lot. Even even when it was very dangerous, hmm. it, it became dangerous for me at one point. Wow! And, and I was even telling my lady that that it got dangerous for me at one really? point. Really? Yeah, because it, I remember the story. We were sitting in the we were sitting in the restaurant, and these kids were outside, and they were starving. They were hungry, you know. And it's um, it's a couple of my teammates in there with me, and no one's no one's offering to feed these kids so they're in and i know that they're hungry because you when somebody's hungry you know when somebody's Mm. hungry you know i've gone through it Mm. you know i just told all them just come in while they all came in you know about 20 minutes later they're they're all eating i ordered them hamburgers fries whatever was on the menu by the time like 20 minutes came they have like two banditos two gangsters came up on their bikes you know they're just in there scheming looking they walked in and what i did i told them I told them, um, take a seat. Mm. That's what I did. Mm. Take, they took a seat and they ate too. Nice. Yeah, that was that. That could go either way, and right? Then, then we jumped. Then, of course, 
people people want to eat, man. It's it's yeah. a doggy dog world out there. Exactly. But this is what happens. Handle this, that situation. This is what this is what happens when you have um, a situation like what you're having in in Venezuela. It's exactly. A, it's every man for themselves. Unless right. you know people, it, unless you have a, a brain, mm-hmm. you think fast. Yep, exactly. So my instinct kicked in. And show a little humanity. I just say, sit down, man. At the end of the day, you got to understand you're athletes, so they really don't look at you as a civilian. You know, they're like, oh, you play basketball, baloncesto, jugador. Mm. Oh, hola, como esta? Da, 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 da. You know, how are you? What what team you play for? That's how, that's how they greet you. Mm-hmm. But when people are hungry... Sometimes that stuff goes out the window. Mm. So you have to think fast. That's what happened with that situation. We went back to our hotel. We jumped We jumped on the back of a pickup truck. This is how crazy it is, man. <laughs> Imagine seeing two six, uh, one six ten basketball player and, and a couple of his, his um, Venezuelan teammates on the back of a pickup truck because it's so, you have to like um, hitchhike yeah, because it's so right. dangerous because if you're, ca- if you're caught walking, it's over. So... Yeah, these are uh, these are memories. You know, it's all memories. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's an amazing like peek into the world, right? Mm-hmm. When you mm-hmm. go there and set up base and play ball play and ball get and... to understand the culture. Mm-hmm. Oh man! All right, so let's go back uh, another 2017. So you also played for another team, Rafael Barrios. Rafael Barrios. Yeah, that's in um, Dominican Republic. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that was that was Dominican cool. Republic. Cool. Passionate people. Yeah. Very, exactly. very passionate people. Dominican Republic is where I made like my where I basically got my heart from. Oh, really? You know, New York City. New York Dyke, City. Dykeman. Yep. Oh man, I lived on Dykeman. Yep. yep. That's where I got my heart from. New York oh. City, Dykeman. You know, they had this Shout uh, out to Inwood. Also also New York they, City. Also they had this MC named Joe Pope. He really um represented me. You know, showed me love. Have you played in the Dykeman courts? Of course. Oh, man. Of I course. lived like two blocks away from that. Yeah. Of course. Like, as I told you, man. Oh, man. That's, that's, where, I got, that's where I got my heart from. Ooh. Like, you cannot be in New York City and not play in Dykeman. Exactly. If you are in New York City and you're playing in Dykeman and you don't have heart, <laughs> you're going to get you're Yeah. You're going to get They'll eaten up. They'll let you know. Yeah. They'll let you're you gonna know. You're going to get eaten up. <laughs> you're going to get eaten up. So they had these Puerto Rican guys and these Dominican guys that yep. trusted me, man. And his name, he still follows me to this day. Sonny is one of them. You know, and they trusted me. He used to pick me up every time we have a game, every week. And I used to go against, like, the top names, like guys like Justin Burrell. Um, you know, who, who else came out? Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. Um, it was, man, it was some ballers out there. They had top draft picks that were were coming in, I didn't know, and I'm just, I just started to play ball. I just knew how to run, jump, and I was just very strong, you know. So this and was back in your college days, actually. This was um, actually the beginning of my pro days. Oh, yeah? Okay, yeah. okay. Beginning of my pro days. Yeah, we'll get back there as well. It takes yeah. a while to get back there, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but Dykeman. Yeah, man. And, and it was, Dykeman, I, I went hard because... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they had a. I have a video somewhere online that I dunked on somebody in Dykeman. That was my first actual dunk on somebody. <laughs> the crowd went crazy. Oh, man. So that's when I started to really embrace basketball. So, like, people who don't know, Dykeman is at the very northern tip of Manhattan in mm-hmm. a little area called Inwood, right below the South Bronx. Uh, very famous for basketball, for street balling. 
the the courts are small, right? And so are the games fast? Yeah, very yeah. fast. Very mm-hmm. fast, very intense. Yeah. Nice. Oh man. All right. We might get back into that. So uh shout out to Dominican Republic. 2016, 2017, Windsor Express. What is that? Yeah, I'm gonna skip on that. I'm gonna pass All right. on that. Skip uh, on Windsor Express, yeah. excuse us. 2016. What is this from Obregón? Ciudad Obregón? Yeah, what yeah, is this? They're really good. That's Mexico. Okay. They showed me so much love, so much respect in Obregón, Sonora. So shout out to um, that team. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, was, that, I, that was a good experience. I went there, played hard. You know, maybe we didn't get a championship that year, but we, went, we made it to the playoffs, I think. Um, it was a good experience for me. Hmm. So how many how many uh, teams did you play in Mexico? Two, just two. This team and this team was in a league called the Ciba Copa, and the other team was the LMBP, which is the top league in Mexico. So in the LMBP, it's five. It's literally five imports on the floor. Five imports on the floor. Yes. Oh. Because some of them, some of those players are uh, Mexican Americans. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah. So technically you go, imports. Technically imports. Yeah. It's it's a tough league. Okay. LMBP is a tough league. Mm. Tougher than the Ciba Copa. Oh, really? But usually the players that play LMBP, some of them go play um, Ciba Copa because it's different at different times of the year. So what but about... Uh, shout out to Mexico. Shout out to Mexico for sure. 2014, San Lazaro. Shout out to that team in Dominican Republic. Oh, back in the Dominican Republic. Yeah, treated me with the utmost respect. You know, whatever whatever I needed, they got me. Mm. They paid me, mm. and I have nothing nothing bad to say about that team. They allowed me to be me also, so they allowed me to come into my own. Man, that's everything, right? Yeah. And yeah. some teams really don't allow you. They don't. To be you. Yeah. Or the team to be, like, its max potential, right? Yeah. It's a shame. Yeah. 2014, Araberi, Araberi, BC. What is this? Yeah, that's in Spain. Um, okay. Actually, I just um, we just you know I just um, spoke to the coach recently. He, uh, he's actually co- coaching here for the Suns. Oh, okay. You know, me and him, we we Tai Chung, right? We, we yeah, Tai Chung. We had a little falling out hmm. back then due to some um, other situations. You know, he had the best interest for me. Um, he saw the potential, you know, and he didn't like a certain situation that was going on. So, and you know, I was young and not, not you know inexperienced. Yeah. So, you can't tell me what to do kind of wild and free. Yeah. Baby. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, we had a little falling out and, um, you know, we, we actually just made up two weeks ago. Oh really? We hugged it out in the, in the hallway in, uh, in Taijung. No way. Yeah, yeah. So after how many years, man, what's that? 2014. Yeah. Right. Yeah, man. Oh really? Yeah, so. And then meeting like halfway around the world. Me- meeting in Taiwan. <laughs> you know, when I first saw, I said, when I first saw him, I said, that's that mother. That's, yo, what? But then. The, so you didn't even know he's here. I didn't know until I saw his face. I was like, yo, this is this. But then I'm mature. You know, I'm mature now. I'm, I'm a different man. Oh, so, man. So um, he actually said, he said to me, man, when you came over and um, we just spoke about that, like, man. Um, close to the locker room, mm. you know, because I said, "Hey, I reached out." I said, "Yo, coach," and then he turned around. He saw me. I said, "Let's talk, man." You know, when he saw, he said to me the other time when I, he said to me like last week when I did that. 
you know, he felt he felt like a weight off of his shoulder. Mm. You know, so I said, yeah, I definitely have matured a lot. Wow. Oh, man. Yeah. So yeah. shout out to him, man. I know why he, he acted the way he acted. Mm. You know, mm. that's between us. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, man. All right. So 2014, Cheshire Phoenix. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. That's a yeah, these poor UK teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't have. We don't have much to say about these teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, a little more passionate. We're in Cartagena. Is that is that Cartagena, Colombia, or yeah, Cartagena, Colombia? But yeah. I, you know what's crazy about that? I didn't even. I didn't even end up going to that team. Okay. You know? Yeah, because there's a lot going on in 2014, right? Yeah, I so. didn't even end up going to that team. Oh, okay. I ended up touching down and bouncing like in two days oh damn yeah. <laughs> oh damn so yeah. you actually landed in cartagena yeah in the home of uh what is it pablo escobar was he from cartagena no pablo escobar i think was from medellin oh medellin yeah it's true um okay so he just bounced bounced all it, right actually cartagena is a beautiful city mm-hmm. it's similar to miami yeah it's the beach oh yeah i've been there yeah, yeah, but city, you didn't have much city time on the to... Water. No, no, no. It's an old city. Viejo Ciudad. Yep. Ciudad. Yes, exactly. So. Okay. And then there's something interesting here. We're flying all the way around the world to the Middle East. It looks yeah. like uh, 2013 to 2014, Aweda Mecca. So Mecca yeah. in the Holy Land of yep. Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Yep. Really? Yeah. So you was, spent... I was like literally 10 minutes away from Makkah. Really? So I was the here, holy city. I was hearing all of that. Yeah, yeah. the morning prayers. Yeah, the prayers. All pretty much that. all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all pretty. All day, every it's, day. It's beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. I'm not, wow. you know, I'm very spiritual, man. Mm. I'm not really tied to one religion. I'm very, very spiritual. And, you know, experiencing um, all the prayers mm-hmm. in, um, in Mecca was, um, you know, I can't go into... The mosque. The mosque, because I am not Muslim. Right. But, um, you know, just experiencing the prayers outside and, you know, on the speakers, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's very, very, very Islam. holy. Islam is a very kind of musical, yeah. you know, yep. musical religion, musical culture, mm-hmm. right? That, that yep. the singing of the morning prayers mm-hmm. is, is something to well, behold. But right? when you think about it, when you listen to music, right, it moves you. Exactly. Especially if you have a connection with this, mm-hmm. uh, with a song, right? It moves you. So if you think about energy, how does how, how do you move with, you know, you know when, when you're when you're listening to a song, how does it move you? Mm-hmm. A song that you like, you think about the prayers that they have and the the songs that they have. I think it's more like vibrations going through your body that, you know, you're like, wow, it's like a different, it's a transcendent kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love. Uh, I have many, many good friends from Saudi Arabia, and even with the Tibetan monks. Mm-hmm. Am I saying that right? Yeah, the Tibetan monks. Tibet, yeah, yep. okay, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, the chanting. Excuse me. Yeah, yep. Yep. it's vibrations. It's um, megahertz. Yeah, exactly. You know? Just runs through your body. It it, it can cleanse. It cleanses you. It cleanses mm-hmm. you. Sorry, guys. It's early in the morning. My vocab is a little bit off right now. Oh, it's all good. It's all good, baby. Got our coffee. Yeah, what was uh, what was living in Saudi Arabia like for those out there who stay in the house, stay, <laughs> stay in the house. So was this a uh, a country thing, or was it uh, also because of the the weather? It's obviously no, a hot. 
So where I was, like it was very, pretty close to Maka. There's nothing to do. I wasn't in Riyadh. I wasn't in um, stay in the house. So stay in the house. Stay in the house. You live in a compound. I uh, lived in an apartment. When I open that window, all the AC air goes out. <laughs> Instantly hot. Sauna. Stay in the house. Close the windows. <laughs> live in the dark. <laughs> so you, you can lose some weight there. You can just uh, sauna it up every morning. You know what? <laughs> Stay in the house. That, that's all I'm going to say about that. That's <laughs> you know? Stay in the house. Pull your curtains. Close the windows. That's it. And and God bless you if you have good Wi-Fi. Right. <laughs> you know, I wasn't in Riyadh. Yeah. You know, so... It was it was um it was not a good good experience living there. Right. Me. But it's okay. You got you got to see how um you know those people in that city live. Mm. It's a very chill life. 2013, the year before that, you were at a Canadian professional basketball team. Was uh, this in I don't want to talk about that. Okay, yeah. in Ontario. We don't need yeah, to talk yeah, about yeah. this team. I don't need to talk we don't about even that. need to mention yeah, the name. Yeah, we don't need to mention that. All right. Go back one more year, 2012, yeah, 2013. Windsor Express. Yeah. Oh, Ontario. The reason, tell you the truth, man, the reason why I'm, <laughs> I don't want to talk about this because this is not a, to me, I didn't have a good experience there. Mm. You know, personally, I didn't have a good experience. So I don't need to talk about bad experiences, you know, and that's, that's just the way I'm going to keep it moving. They didn't appreciate me as a player, you know, didn't put me in a position to help them. You know, so um, no, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about that. Exactly. Period. Yep. Moving on. Yeah. Two thousand twelve. Not, not that they're, you know, they're bad people over there. It's just that it's not, it's not. This is not a good experience in my in my memory. You know. Mm. So yes, yeah, so I move on. All right. Two thousand twelve, the Moncton Miracles, Canadian professional basketball team in Moncton, New Brunswick. This this is um okay. So they have a coach named Ricky Benitez, right? Um, he was coaching this team. The reason why I rebound the way I rebound today and and the passion that I have today is because of Ricky Benitez. Hmm. Even though at the end of the day, you know, I didn't last there as long as I wanted to last. You know, they brought in a better player. I just started playing basketball, you know, just started getting acclimated to professional basketball. As a as a coach, decisions has to be made. You have to respect that. Mm-hmm. But he's a winning coach. Mm. He's um very passionate, high character guy. He taught me how to rebound very, very well. And he actually instilled a lot of conf- confidence in me. So shout out to Ricky Benitez. Ricky and Benitez. He, and he will, he, you know, he took a little break for a while to um to train kids. But this coach is is amazing. Hmm. I think this coach should tr- um, try coach out coaching out here in Taiwan. Ricky Benitez, this All coach right. is amazing, and he Take notes. the thing the thing about him, he's very up close and personal. You know, he he gets very personal with his players, so like he can develop some of these Taiwanese guys. He could develop players in Indonesia. He's just developing younger kids in the states and sending them to like good colleges. That's what he's doing right now. So, shout out to Ricky Benitez. I hope that you come out of ret- retirement if you're retired. I hope that you. Um, I hope that we can, you can coach me one day, right now, before mm. before I retire. All right. Yeah, I hope that he can get on uh, out here. Yeah, Ricky Benitez. Ricky Benitez. Nice. He actually coached in Mexico too, and did some good things in Mexico. Did and then he coached like a tour in China. You know, he had a bunch of players, and they they beat like top CBA teams. Yeah, man, he knows what he's doing. He's just he's just developing players right now. So. Mm. 
Speaking of that, what, what do you think makes a, a great coach from, from a player's perspective? Knowing how to organize a team, you, you, you have to know the psychology of, um, of a player. You know, you have to know how to balance out um, chemistry. And when I mean that, I mean saying like um, know how to take an Indonesian player and build chemistry with the import. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, um, also, you know, it's it's a lot, man, that goes into to that. And then you just right. have to learn how to deal with personalities. I was about to say that because there's a lot of uh, management going on as yeah. well. You, you got to learn how to deal with with personalities because sometimes the boss, the boss of a team wants to tell you what to do. And how are you going to deal with that? The GM is going to tell you what to do. And how are you going to deal with that? Sometimes GMs need to be GMs. Bosses need to be bosses. And let the coach do the coaching thing. Right. And, and guys, you know, that's the way it goes. Mm. It's a hierarchy. Right. That's the way it goes. And that's the way it should be. Don't, you're, you're a boss. You're owner of a team. You just do, you pay people. That's what you do. You stay out of the, the GM's business. You stay out of the coaching business. Mm-hmm. That's it. If something's not working, then you make changes after the contract ends. Be professional. So people can never say anything bad about your organization. And they will always want to work for you. And they will always try to make things correct for your organization. Guess what? You're a boss. You're paying the GM. You're paying the coach. You're paying the players. Once these players are getting paid, once these GMs are getting paid and the coaches are getting paid, they're like, you know what? We have to get on our stuff. Yeah, that's a difficult part, right? Some some of these, I mean, that the management of a team as well, right? Yeah, like, it gets very unprofessional sometimes. It's hard to let go of that control sometimes, yeah, right? Yeah, it is, it is, Yeah, it is. You know, the thing about men, men like control. Sometimes that control is is, is more like ego. Oh, I, I pay for this, so I want to, no, shut up. You hire these guys, sit your ass down. And these are professionals. Exactly. You gotta let them do. Let them do their work. Right. Yeah. A lot of people don't understand that when I you tr- when you try to intervene and, and say no, this is my job. Yeah, when they try to do things like that, when you try to intervene and say this is what you hired me to do, let me do my job, you know they they start feeling some kind of way, and then you have a fallout. Yeah, we hear that story too much, right? Too many times. Ah oh, man, all right. So 2011, 2012, the year before that, we're getting towards the beginning of your professional career. So this was uh, MBK Handlova. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yeah, yeah, it's a Slovak uh, team. Yeah, yeah. Handlova was pretty cool. Yeah. Crowd was crazy. Um, um, I learned I learned a lot there. What'd you learn? Uh, just, just, it's like a beginning stage. I had a lot of OGs on my team, older guys. So they were teaching me how to be a pro there. And it um, mm. wasn't a bad experience at all. Um, okay. They treated me well. I have nothing bad to say. Nice. Yeah. All right. 2011, BC, what is that? How do you pronounce that? Previza. Previza from Slovakia. So I, I got released from this team. They brought in somebody else. I got released from this team. Um, and that's when I went to Hanlova. Hanlova okay. was the next town over. We ended up, oh. we ended up playing them. And, and um, oh. we ended up playing them and beating, beating them. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, and that's like earlier. Oh, Mocha, Mocha's in the house. Yeah. What's sure. up, Mocha? Like, yeah, Uncle Les is in the house. Exactly. <laughs> um. Yeah, that was that was like a couple years. I mean, your first year, first year as a pro, basically, I, yeah, kind of basically, jumping around. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Mm. Huh. And then so the the first one on your career history is 2011. It's the Dolphins. Yeah. I definitely cannot pronounce that. No, no shopping. No shopping. What Lester said? Jotolite Svenska. It's in Sweden. It's Sweden. Yeah. That's Swedish. Yeah. Man, how was that like? So this was your first, this is your first pro team yeah, in yeah. your career. Let me tell you, um, this situation right here with this team, it was a good um, learning experience. Um, they had this Lithuanian guy that was trying to fight me like every day. You know, really? he, he was jealous of me. Right? That's, what I, that's what I personally think. But, you know, but I wasn't backing down. A lot of the, the imports were actually backing me up. But, you know, my temper flared up a lot. So, mm. you know, we had to part ways. But um, mm-hmm. beautiful city, beautiful people, great people. That's really all I have to say about this, mm. this mm. city. You know, um, but yeah, I think the Lithuanian guy was jealous of me. So if he's listening... Yeah, we know. We know. I know, we know you what's were, going on. I, I hope know you're you were working je- on those issues, man. You were jealous of me in 2011. <laughs> I was a young stud, <laughs> jumping all over the place, and you just, you, you know, he felt Couldn't handle it. He felt that his spot was threatened. <sighs> you know that because that we, we both we both came on to the team around the same time. You know, so I have a European passport. He has a European passport, and that's when we um. That's when we kind of clashed because we were coming for the same kind of spot, you know. But it is it is what it is. It is it what is. it is. Part he, of the experience. He was jealous. Make he, you or break you. He was uh, like a a tough Viking. Oh, yeah, 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 like yeah. He was yeah. like a... Those Nordic. Yeah, he was a Viking kind of, <laughs> you know, very... He wanted to, like, fight every minute, you know. It is what it is. I know I said you know a lot, but it is what it is. <laughs> But prior to that, we, we were talking about that before. You were coming from the streets of New York City, playing at Dykeman. Yeah. Like, uh, people don't play in New York. <laughs> My temper flared up over there. But um, I had some OGs that helped me. And one passed, you know, um, RIP, man. I sent my condolences to his family. I'm not going to say his name. but You know, they they helped me a lot. And when the, when this, the management came in and, Went our separate ways. It was fine with me. Just gotta move. Just gotta move on. Mm-hmm. Just learn, look, learn, and grow. Look where I'm at. Look where I'm at now. Exactly. That guy is probably uh, where's nowhere. He where's he at? I don't know. Where's he at? Probably on a farm. <laughs> a farm shoveling snow. <laughs> so this was the beginning of your professional career. Prior yeah. to that, you were playing ball in uh, at college. State University of New York, or Westbury. All right, New York, New York, not not New York City, but New York State. Long Long Island. Long Island. Yeah. yeah. What was that like playing out there, Long Island? Great. Um, so I was in a group home. That's where I got my my heart from. Also, being in a group home, going through what I've going through what I've gone through. Can you explain for the audience? What yeah. A, well, what a group home is. A group home is basically a place for homeless kids, or or a place for um for kids that um, that are getting into trouble. With my situation, I was getting into trouble and at home with my aunt because I was living with my aunt and she couldn't take it anymore. So she called the cops on me. Oh man. Plus her son was jealous of me. <laughs> Just saying, you know, a lot of people are jealous of me. What can I say? What can you say? Even to this day Handsome I get boy. it. Handsome boy. Handsome boy. Even to this day I get it. <laughs> it's all right though. 
Exactly. What can you do? What can what you can do? What can you do? You're you just know? gonna go through the world being jealous of me. Exactly. What can you do? <laughs> it's all right. Man, so how long did you live in this group home? Uh, I think about nine years. Oh, Was it nine years? are you serious? No, nine years or six years. Six years, I think. So that's from when? Like in I high think, school? Yeah. Oh, I think from damn. like 14, like 14 to like 20, 21. I got out at 21. Wow. Yeah. So you've been through some shit. Yeah, man. Ups and downs in life, but I wouldn't change it for anything. Mm-hmm. What is what? What did you learn the most from that experience? What What is something that you'll never take away? never give up? Yeah, never give up on life. Never ever give up on life. No matter what the situation is, never give up. Mm-hmm. Continue to keep pushing. The reason why I'm happy that I went through this um this experience in life because you know it taught me how to fight. It taught me how to be a fighter. Mm. Taught me how to do things with passion, even though it gave me a lot of trauma. If you see what was happening in 2011, getting released from teams and all of this stuff. Mm. You know, all of that stuff goes into childhood, childhood experiences, man. Mm. Trauma. It, this is deep. Mm-hmm. So you have to, when you're going into a team, you have to know yourself. I didn't know myself. Why? Because I didn't have anybody to teach me. Being in a group home, you're not going to have people that teach you. Right. They're there to work. Of course, you're going to have one or two staff that care about you. Mm. But at the end of the day, they go home. They have their own family to deal with. All of this stuff, man... You know, anybody will tell you from when they're kids, some of these players, they have trauma from when they're kids and they they take that to the basketball court with them and they actually don't end up living out to their full potential, playing to their full potential. Right. That trauma kind of holds them down. Exactly. Yeah. So you have to know yourself. Exactly. You have to work on yourself. And that's that's what I've done throughout the years. What was that process like, you know, like after after getting out of the group home and then all these struggles in the beginning of your career or kind of just, you know, just it was frustrating, frustrating, frustrating. But you can't give up. It's going to be frustrating, but you can't give up at all. Hmm. Just got to keep working. What kept you going? What kept you going in the beginning when you're, you know, I was hungry. Jealous boys. I was hungry. No money. I was hungry. That's what kept me going. You, You need to eat. Yeah. How are you going to eat? You know, I could go back to school, go back and be, um, go do my major criminology that I was doing, mm. go be a cop. Mm. But that's dangerous. Mm. I'd rather play basketball. I'm 6'10". Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be a 6'10 cop. Nothing wrong with it, you know, but goddamn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, come on. Exactly. <laughs> I kept pushing, man, kept working. And that's what you have to keep doing, keep working. Perseverance is everything. Huh. And working on yourself. Were you? Uh, if, uh, sorry to cut you off. Yeah, no if worries. If you think about what's going on right now, a lot of players are coming out saying, "Oh, we have um, a mental, mental breakdown. Yeah, or mental we have health mental health issues. health issues. Trauma. Mm. Either they're lying or is it trauma? And I think it's trauma. Mm. A lot of it is trauma. A lot of it is not knowing themselves. A lot of it is they're not having people. They don't have people in their life that um, help them to deal with this issue them to attack this issue and and so they can be able to live and play to their full potential so a great coach has to has to be able to recognize that as well right no no that's not that's not the coach's job okay that's your job you know what you have gone through mm-hmm. the coach is there to coach you the coach is not gonna do oh he has trauma so i'm gonna give him a pet no this is your professional now so this is your responsibility to go to a psychologist mm-hmm. and attack this trauma and and have someone to talk to and, and have someone to be able to 
help you navigate, navigate throughout that. life. You know, it is what it is. Does a group home mean you have to, you're kind of locked in there? Yes. So I had three hours, you know, I come outside for three hours a day. Oh, damn, really? Yeah. Otherwise, you're you're just locked in the house. You stay you stay in the yard. In the yard. Yeah. What did, what did, what does this uh, what does this home look like? It's, it's a, a big, big home. Okay. Big home. Um, nine kids in it. Had a basement. We did boxing. We worked out downstairs. It wasn't bad, man. Tell you the truth, it wasn't mm. bad. Just that, you know, sometimes you got some crazy dudes in there. You gotta just sleep with your eyes open. Sometimes. Right. Right. But, right. Watch your back. Yeah, because these guys are not you too. Just never know. They're not too right up there. Right. All those nuts aren't. Yeah. Really screwed. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, <laughs> man. You know, sweating. <laughs> You're in the bed sweating like you hope. <laughs> like, hope this guy don't poke me up. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I took his um, I took his sandwich earlier. I hope <laughs> by accident. I didn't know it was his. Was there violence in there? Oh, of course, the of course. Yeah, Every man. day. Every day, and that comes with. That's why I'm trying to tell you, this is trauma. This is this builds trauma. Right. All these traumatic experiences, you have to sleep a little bit, like worried. You have to sleep worried. You you're fighting every day. These are these dudes are part of gangs. Mm -hmm. it, when I when I mean a group of them, I'm not saying that these guys are nine, ten years old. These guys are 14, 15, 16. kids that are looking like grown men. I was about to say that mentally, they're kids. But yeah. They're ready to fight every so that, day. They're that ready to angst is there. They're angry. Yeah, this is the stuff that we had to deal with. So basically, the group home is a uh, basically a jail. That's for, that's yeah. It's a juvenile. It's a freedom. It's a jail. <laughs> a jail with a three a three hour time limit <laughs> to catch some fresh air. So what do you do in that three hours, man? What do you? What can you do? Like, are you? When I was young, I used to go outside and smoke some weed. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Smoke some weed. <laughs> You know, three hours, enjoy that. Hang out enjoy with that little friends. high outside. Um, drink, drink. Um, what, what we used to drink in the park with, with the kids. Uh, forty. Some um, Coors Light. Coors Light. <laughs> you know, the forty Gangsta, also. The forty. Yep. Yeah, they had uh, they had something called Four Loco, which was the worst. Oh, that was the Four Loco days. Oh my God. The caffeine plus yep. sugar plus uh, poison, cocaine plus plus, cocaine. plus oil, <laughs> whatever they put in it. <laughs> Oh my God! And Fort they Loco. and they sold it for a dollar. Yeah, that's made not sure right. made, made sure you could get about ten of them. That math doesn't make sense. Uh, <laughs> There's got. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. But um, yeah, that, those those were the days. So you have four locos. You were getting loco. You yeah. were yeah. Yeah, I wasn't really a big drinker, but when I got a chance to to do it, I did it. I mean, that's a problem with cooping people up, right? Mm -hmm. Cooping. People up, and then when you when you, when you let them out, the freedom, it's, it's like, like whoa, let's go. This is what it's like. Yeah, wow. You, you know, you're dealing with a situation that's not ideal. So nobody's helping you. Nobody's teaching you how to be a professional. So you're going into a situation wilding out, like you were in a group home. Wilding out means acting unprofessional. Right. Yeah, that's what people don't understand, right? There's you no, need you need guidance. There's no school. There's no school for like. You're going to be a professional. You, you need a degree, and this is what's going to happen. These are the challenges you're going to face. These are the shady people you're going to meet. Exactly. Like, a lot of these players now have their dads, have their mom and dads in their life. You know, so the way that they're learning is through 
their parents. Yeah. Once you have your parents there for you, things are a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. It's 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 really if you if you um don't have any guidance, it's gonna take a lot to be a pro. It's gonna take a lot a lot of work. Right. Psychological work, um, mental work, physical work. But at the end of the day, just just know it's gonna it's gonna pan out. Just don't give up. Keep pushing. Keep doing what you got to do, and turn yourself into a man because you you control your own destiny. Don't let any of that other stuff rattle you. You know, there's times that I used to come into teams and I used to say, "Oh, I'm gonna be cut the next day." Mm-hmm. Once you start thinking about once you start once you start thinking about that, you're gonna get cut the next day. Yep, exactly. The way I live my life, I have no worries. I work hard. I let I control what I can control. Mm. I always preach that. Mm. Control what you can control. Energy is everything. Thoughts are everything. Words are everything. You bring energy to the court. You entertain people. You entertain the fans. That's what they want to see. And then you go about your day. The energy will be felt. Oh, of course. Exactly. Of course. And you never turn down a picture from the last fan to the first fan. Mm. You never turn down a picture. Right. Because you never know who you're inspiring. Mm-hmm. That's why I never, I never say no. Right. I never say no to a picture. You never know who you're inspiring. That's like those uh, those kids in Venezuela, right? Those those hungry kids that you never know. One of them are probably a pro right now. Right, exactly. You never know. Right, pass it on. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Good fortune. Um, so you come from. Let's go all the way back. You were born in on a small island. Yeah, Dominica. Dominica. It's right next to Saint Lucia. By the way, they have a big Saint Lucian community in Taiwan. Oh, for real. Yes, 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 yes. Wow. Okay. I met I met a few guys from um from St. Lucia. Huh. And they were like, You from Dominica, man? I was like, Yeah, that's good. And they speak Chinese. So okay. uh, I'm thinking Taiwan has some sort of um deal. Diplomatic relations. Diplomatic or, relation. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah. With um St. Lucia. Okay. Okay. So they're over here going to school. Okay. They're learning Chinese. Oh wow. Yeah, man. They're doing something over here. Yeah, reach out if you're out there. Yes. Nice. So I met a few of them and we had a pretty good time. Huh. How was it how was it like growing up there? Did you live there for long? And cuz I knew you, know, you were, I went you know, I went back and forth from Montserrat to Dominica. I went back and forth at the time when I was younger cuz my grandmother stayed in Dominica. I stayed in um in Montserrat. Paint a picture for for us about this island. Which one? Dominica. Um it's it's more like very foresty, um, rainforest, waterfalls, nice, beautiful beaches, nice people. Of course, sometimes bad people, like everywhere. It's typical Caribbean island. They speak mm. patois. Patois, patois is, yeah, is like mix. broken French. Right. You, some some of them speak French. That's that's basically all I can say. Is it's very nice. So you've made your from, way from from what I remember. Mm. So you made your way from Dominica to to New York. You lived in the UK as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. In the UK a little bit. Yeah. My family actually moved from Montserrat to the UK because of a volcanic um, explosion. So the whole island, basically the whole island of Montserrat had to be evacuated because of that volcano or half the island. I oh say. wow! Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh damn! Okay. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. Wow, man! I remember that. Like, really? That was like, you ever saw the movie Twenty Twelve? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was something like that. <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah. 
the world's ending. Oh, man, that's scary. Yeah, I went through a lot, man. Seen a lot. <laughs> Seen a lot, but that was crazy. Imagine ima- yeah. imagine coming to the island 10 years later and the, the house that you used to live in is it's, no longer there. It's just... Or it's just buried in ash. Buried in ash. So that means this is about 20 feet of ash, if not more. Oh, man. A house is covered. Crazy. So a what? church. A church is covered. Like, if you Google Montserrat, like, like Google Plymouth Montserrat right now. All right. And you'll see what I'm... Just to give you a picture. There it is. I just go to images. Oh, wow. That's how it looks right now. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is super volcanic. Yeah. That's how it oh, looks wow. right now. I mean, it's it's all... That's how it looks right now. That Crazy. Wow. Like yeah. Pompeii. It's literally this uh, image that we're looking at right now. It says Plymouth, Montserrat. The, the Pompeii. Pompeii. See I, what From I just said. Yeah. People died trying to get out. Was that the volcano back in That's the volcano right, right there. there? Yeah. Oh, Sophia man. Hills volcano. So this city is just this pretty large mountain in the back, which is a volcano and these houses that just basically climb up a plane. But it's a plane now, but I guess before it was a vibrant vibrant town, right? These were hills. Okay. Oh, what you what you're looking so at right now. It the, out. These these homes that you're looking at were actually on top of hills. The volcano just yeah, that's it. Took them out. Yeah. No way. Yeah, man, and it's still active to this day. So you lived here in in Plymouth. I lived or? right in the heart of Plymouth. Really. Right in the heart. I literally, I look up and I see this mountain right. That in mountain front, right in front of me. Oh. So my aunt had a house even closer to the mountain, which is which was in Richmond Hills. Okay. Big house, beautiful home. Really gone. Damn. Yeah. How did this happen? Were you were you on the island when the volcano yeah. started? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Man, it was crazy. First, you know, you because once the we have something called a, um, a seismograph. Yep. Okay. You know the the Montserrat Volcano Observatory. Okay, measuring the seismic activity exactly. in the ground. Exactly. Volcanoes coming. Like next thing you know, earthquakes started happening. Yeah. Next thing you know, the alarm went off. So when you open the window, everyone's like, ash is coming down. Like, this is happening. People are like, ash is coming down. You're looking at the sky. Oh, you start seeing the magma start, like, Just spouting, spouting, yeah. spreading. It's, t- it's time to go. Oh, it's no time. Way. People were getting in their cars, getting out of there. Man. How old were you at this time? Man, I was probably about eight, nine years old. Yeah. Probably 10. Yeah, man, we got out of there so fast. You just hop in a car and just yeah, took off. Drive wherever the hell you can. Yeah, you take take his take your most important documents. Take the most important documents and you know, we moved out. Yeah, man. Yo, that's crazy. So, man. this house got destroyed, then we move into a second home and 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 I think we had like another one that happened. We moved into the after this house we went to another house in Lookout, hmm. but the other house that we were supposed to move into um, got destroyed. So we ended up moving to Antigua. The um, it took it took away two of our homes. Yeah, 
And the other, the other, the second home that we had was much better than our first home that was in Plymouth because it had so much more land. It had dogs. My dogs died. Oh, really? Yeah, man. Crazy. Could have been a different story if you were sleeping. If it, if the, there would be no Lester today. There would be no Lester. Handsome no, boy. No Layson. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no Layson today. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, that is that's absolutely nuts, man. Yeah, natural disasters, human disasters. This world's a crazy place, man. Yeah, yeah. But you know, but things things happen. You just got to keep on, keep on keeping on, right? Exactly. Yep. So it's been it's been quite a career. Uh, you you say that you think there's about six good years left in you. Yeah, I take care of my body, man. That's the thing with me. Yeah, I take care of my body push myself and um, I rest recovery is important mm -hmm. and so, how has this experience in uh, playing in Taiwan been oh um, I like it absolutely I know there's more to experience but um, I show what I could do fans love what I do mm -hmm. I'm an energy guy mm -hmm. I could score I love blocking shots. Mm, oh man, I saw that. I saw some videos of you blocking. That's what they need. So nasty. You know, sometimes you just have to nasty. pick. Nasty. They have so much talent out here in <laughs> in Taiwan. Sometimes you have to pick and choose. You have to pick and choose when to block a shot because you might get dunked on. But <laughs> but I love blocking shots. A block shot to me is just as effective as a dunk. This is what's crazy about me being in Taiwan right now. Um, I actually, um, being on this team, actually, uh, I had to go back to the role of how I was in college, of being a defender, an mm. energy guy. And that's what I loved about actually playing on the Ghost Hawks because of that mm. role that I was playing. Bringing that energy. Bringing that lifting energy. Lifting up the team. Lifting up the crowd. Coming yep. in, sparking. Having fun. Having fun. So, yeah. but most importantly, blocking shots. I went back to blocking shots mm. or changing shots. A, a chain shot is just as important as blocking a shot, but just that the block, the block when you catch it, it has more of an impact. Right. Especially the way I like to beat that you shit like off the backboard. Slap yeah. that. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Get it off the backboard. Yeah. Group home that shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Might get you. Exactly. Yeah. Oh man. Yep. So you have uh, uh, six more possible years in uh, in Taiwan, hopefully. You know, if it's Taiwan, it's Taiwan. If it's Japan, it's Japan. You know. You are an international man. Yeah. So. The world is calling. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to see what happens next. I know, I know something. You know, it's just continuous, beautiful thing. Uh, I'm going to continue to have beautiful things happen in my career. I know mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And I always speak that into existence. I think I remember you talking about playing in uh, Hong Kong as well. Hong Kong was amazing. Yeah, right. We didn't we didn't cover that, but Hong Kong. I'm gonna cover it now. Yeah. Hong Kong was amazing. Yeah. I, you know, the people in Hong Kong. Shanghai. You gotta understand that Hong Kong people are very reserved. It's a very reserved community, very reserved culture, I should say. But once they get to know you, they're very loyal to you. They mm -hmm. open up to you, and that's what happened. Um, with with my team in Hong Kong, you know, I opened up. I, I started my career there. They kept calling me back. Mm. So I, I played in Hong Kong like four years. Okay, when was this? This was um in twenty 
15. Oh, wow. It's really? not it's not there. Yeah, it's not even on there. Because it's not. Someone's got to update this. No, no, no. They don't have to because Hong Kong <laughs> is not part of FIBA. Oh, that's yeah. why. Okay, okay. I see. Yeah, so. Yeah. Hong Kong League, I love it. Yeah. Don't you don't have to put me on FIBA, just pay me. Right, exactly. <laughs> Boys got to get paid. Yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> a just professional. Pay, just pay me. Exactly. We don't we don't need to be on Wikipedia, just pay me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's it. Huh, so what about uh where else? You mentioned Japan. There's Korea out here in Asia as well. Where Yeah, where? I'm, I'm good on the Korea. Okay. I'm not going it's there. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay. not going there. Yeah. Shout out to Korea. It's all good. Yeah, shout out to Korea though. <laughs> you know, I lo- love love the Korean people. Yep. My boy my boy's out there playing. He's the, mm. he's like the LeBron James of Korea. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, Ricardo Ratliff. They call him Raguna. Raguna. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's like shout the, out. Yeah. He came from he came from nothing also. Oh really? Yeah, made a living out there. Okay. You nice. Know, he played in the Philippines also. So he's doing well in Korea. Okay. Yeah, very well. And then not a lot of people last in Korea. This man lasted in Korea, and he's a citizen. Oh wow! So yep. he became naturalized. Of course. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So you got to give respect. Exactly. So respect that's, to Raguna. Yeah, that's tough, especially yeah. in Korea. Yep. Yeah, it's tough. Not, it's not the easiest imports, place. Imports go to Korea and say, "Man, I ain't doing this." Yeah. And and, and it's not trust easy. me, you're getting paid. Yeah, you're getting right. paid like forty, thirty thousand, forty thousand, fifty thousand a month. Okay. But the thing is that wow. they run your body down. Mm. You're practicing like three times a day. They're just, they're getting their money's worth. Yeah, trying. Exactly. Mm-hmm. There's no need to do that. <laughs> exactly. Come on, brother. <laughs> Crazy. Oh, I, man. I'm good. <laughs> as much as I work out already, I'm not even going to have time to do some of the stuff that I want to do because my body's going to be so tired. Right. No way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But, you got to be all balanced that, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not the way. But they're good at what they do. It works for them. That's their philosophy. So go ahead. What about basketball in Japan? What do you think about it? I heard basketball in Japan is pretty cool. Fast mm-hmm. pace. I'm a fa- I like playing fast paced basketball. I've always been um in fast paced basketball. That's my way. Because mm. I love to run. Okay. And in Japan, you play your role. You don't have to average 20 points or 30 points. You 15 points, 18 points. Some nights you're going to have big nights, of course. But, um, but it's really team play. Uh, team play. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with um, a couple of the teams I've been talking to in Japan. I'm looking forward to oh, nice. You know, seeing what happens with that. That, that would be great. That okay. would be great to team up with one of my guys. I'm not going to say his name yet, but. But know, if you can, if that I can, would be. That would be great. That would be a Because he's a point. Experience. He's a point guard. Playing out there in Japan. Yeah. Is he American? No, Filipino. Filipino. Yeah, I told you I'm tapped in. Filipinos represent. Yeah. That basketball culture is real, right? Tapped in, yeah. Yeah. My boy who played in Indonesia, he he was playing out there in um, Japan also. They didn't give him too many minutes, but he's very talented. Brandon Joato. Okay. Very talented guy. Hardworking. And where is he playing now? He's playing in, um, he's going to, he was just finished playing in Japan. Okay. He's, He's playing in Indonesia right now for the national team. So they're getting ready for the SEA Games and... And also the upcoming FIBA Asia Cup qualifications that's happening in um, July. Okay, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna take place in Indonesia. So, okay, yeah. So he's getting ready for that. Also, I'll be joining him in a few days. So you you came to Taiwan uh, when? What day? Do you uh, remember? I don't even remember. <laughs> I think, um, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago. I don't. I don't even. I, I think a couple of months ago. It's hard to know these days. Yeah. COVID, man. I was in quarantine. I almost um, took the sheet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i almost took the sheet 
Tied it up to the ceiling. Right. And just, uh, yeah, I said goodnight. <laughs> Almost ended it all. Yeah. It, it was. But the, uh, the lady knocked and she's like, hello, I have your food. <laughs> I have your food. <laughs> so she saved, she saved me. Oh man, it's been a it's been a crazy couple of years, right? Man, quarantine. That's, that's why no no one wants to travel anymore because of the quarantine mandate. So countries are losing money, yep. and you got to understand that people traveling all over the world. A lot of these countries depend on tourism. It's kind of hard right now for a lot of people to be able to eat. Yeah, it's Finan- tough. Right? Financially, it's tough. Some places trying to go zero COVID. Other people just. Moving on. Miami is just like, whatever. Whatever. No mask here, no mask there. (laughs) We don't give a damn. That's how Miami's moved. Exactly. Miami is like its own country. Yeah, people don't know. You you have a home out there in Miami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you have homes in quite a few places. My wife wife has homes. Italy, Romania. She had a home in England also. My wife is very, very cool. Very, very very cool. Very, very well-traveled. Shout out to the wifey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she, so she's holding it down in, in Miami now. Yeah, she's chilling. She's chilling with my dogs. Nice. We are dog but boys not, here. Not dogs, but my dog and my my cats. Um, We have about four or five cats. More cats are trying to come in. But, you know, I'm trying to bring more <laughs> dogs in. Yeah, she's like, let the dogs she's out. Like, no, no, no. We're not, we're not going to have any more dogs. Because this one here is jealous. I'm like, come on, babe. You got me. I'm a big black guy walking down the block with a poodle. I know. I saw your dog. Yeah. Fierce. Yeah. Fierce. Nobody's white. scared of that. Nobody's scared of that. They're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> when, they, when they see me, they're like, yo, my God. <laughs> when, when the black guy see me, they're like, yo, that's your dog, homie. I know that ain't your dog. <laughs> I'm like, whatever, dog. Driving around, your nice whip. Yeah. When, when I drive my dog on the passenger seat, it's like, Oh my god! You know it's just different, man. It's different. It's different. So you missed the you missed the Miami life? No, man, I'm working. That's I miss, how it is, right? Miss my girl. Yeah, that's about it. But yeah, I'm working, man. I just have to just work, continue working. That's it. And you have a nice place to go home to when yeah. it's when it's all said and done. So yeah, 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 that's a very good thing, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So what's what's next after this? Are you uh, when are you flying out of Taiwan? Probably the seventh. The seventh. Oh, yeah. okay. So in about a week or so. Yep. And then it's back to Jakarta. Yep. Back to Jakarta. And what's the rest of twenty twenty two looking for you? You have any uh plans? You have any ideas? Uh no. I'm just just working. Working, 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 and then um after I'm done, vacation, relax, unwind, decompress, and then back to work. It starts fast. You get like two months off, man, and you're back to work. And you're already the back. Thing, the thing about overseas basketball is that you really, if you choose not to take a break, yeah. you have that option. Right. Just work pretty work much year-round. All year-round. Jump to another team. Yep. Do your thing. Yeah, but I'm not. I need to decompress. I need to. Yeah, man. I need to be around my environment. Right, right, right. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll see you back here in Taiwan. Yeah, absolutely. Those teams... Who know what they're doing? Yeah, give you a call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's figure something just, out. Just to get Lester back here. Be part of a, an organization. You know that. Um, not saying that this organization that I was a part of wasn't good, but be part of a more. Uh, I I want to be part of something that I could join in the beginning mm. to build chemistry. These guys, 
you know, you can't blame anything on them because mm. they didn't know who I was or who I am. You know, we didn't have that cohesiveness. And we didn't hang out. Right. You know, only me and one guy hung out on the team. Anybody else, we didn't really hang out. That means it's no, a door is not open there to be able to build. Right. And especially so late in the season. You got to understand these guys been together about six months, mm. five months. And then a guy came, comes in, be with you for one month and you expect to give him the ball all the time. It's right. It's not going to happen. Yeah. You got to build that. You know. Build that trust, yeah. build that camaraderie, build yeah. that teamwork, build it's, the team. Yeah, it's, you got to be with them from the beginning. And, right. You know, this team was basically my introduction to Taiwan. Right. Right. Which I thank them for. You know, and I'll never, I'll never say anything bad about them. Whether I be with this team or a different organization, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for right now. Just, um, just to be part of something that's going, going for a championship. Um, be able to come in and play my role have some wins, go into the playoffs, mm. and, and chase a championship. Because at this point in my career, I want a championship. It's right. not about it's not about um, money and all of that shit. Mm. It's about really trying to um, win a championship right now. Be a champion. I need to be a champion. I'm a champion in life, but I need to, I need to win a championship on the court. That will just um, make me super happy. Yeah, that would be a nice cap to this. this yeah, uh, to this journey. This crazy journey of yours. Yeah. Yeah, from exploding volcanoes yeah, to, all to types everything of yeah. and anything in between, from Islamic prayers in the middle of the morning yeah. to yeah. Venezuela. I, I, I go through that in Jakarta. I go through that in Jakarta also, Islamic yeah. prayer. It's beautiful, man. Beautiful, beautiful, mm. beautiful. But, um, yeah. Oh, man, nice. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, uh, Lester is about to check out of his hotel and then head back down to Tainan. Yes. Uh, his his little home away from home for yeah, the meanwhile. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, until he can come back and find another home, yeah. hopefully. So any of those teams out there who want to win a championship, let us know. Yeah. This good, is your man. Good coaching, good good organization, people who could play their roles, help each other. Let's help each other be champions. You know, let's help each other win games first. Exactly. Yeah. Take it <laughs> exactly. one step at a time. Right. So I can't wait for you to come back here. Um, and then, yeah, we'll chop it up again. There's a lot of a uh, lot of other stories we haven't gotten to. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of things yeah. that this Mr. Lester Prosper has that we're saving for y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have no idea. Exactly. You have no idea. I'm, I'm an interesting guy. <laughs> Super interesting. <laughs> and y'all will find out soon enough. Yeah. Yep. All right, Lester, I just want to thank you very much thank for, you, man. for coming out here. Yeah. 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 All right. Peace, everyone. Peace. Peace.